Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. so excited to have Laura Vanderkam on today. She is a writer, author, and speaker that wants to help us spend more time on the things that matter and less on the things that don't. Laura and I talk about her book, Tranquility by Tuesday, today. I highly recommend, if you're feeling a little chaotic in your schedule, that you listen to her book and apply some of her suggestions. They have already helped me clean up my schedule a little bit and find a little more peace in the chaos with kids. I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, it's Felicia. I just wanted to give a quick thank you to all of you who listen. I really feel inspired and close to our community. We got a new review this week. And it says, ladies, I cannot tell you how much I look forward to each episode you produce. I love the truth you all share and real examples of how to begin and attain conscious parenting. I always walk away feeling inspired and ready to take on any task. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and truths. And I just have to say, it means so much to us when you guys leave reviews, not to mention helps us. So if you feel so inclined to leave a review, just open Find the Magic podcast in your podcast app. Scroll to the bottom of the page, click on write a review and tap stars to rate us and give us some feedback. We love to go here to find questions for episodes and to connect with all of you on what you're wanting us to research and distill and share. It just really means so much and we make this podcast for you. So thank you all. Don't forget to hit send on your review. All right, let's find the magic. All right. Hello, everybody. It's Felicia, and we have Laura Vanderkam with us today. She is the author of multiple books, if my knowledge is right. How many books? Four? Something like that. Five, maybe. <laughs> Five? <Six>. Oh, my <laughs> God. I am very impressed as an aspiring writer who has yet to complete anything. <laughs> you just keep plugging away. Get oh, done eventually. You're amazing. You're amazing. So the book we're going to focus on today is Tranquility by Tuesday. Um, She has a lot of books on time management, but we need your help. We really need your help today. (laughs) We are going to help our audience hopefully find some calm in their chaos. And so you understand our audience. Um, Most of them are either primary caregivers for for kids at home or primary caregivers and working, which, you know, Laura has five kids. Yep. Um, and tell me their ages again. They are 15, 13, 11, 8, and 3. Oh my gosh. See, if you can do it, we can do it, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we're all doing, but hopefully we're, <laughs> we're, we're doing we're something. Some fun with it. We're doing something. Yeah. All right. So let's just start off with what inspired you to get into time management 
why do you why do you see it as so important to just like our day to day lives in trying to find um, contentment in our lives? Yeah, and I know time management doesn't necessarily sound like all that much fun. Um, it's not my favorite term, but it's really about how we use our hours and our lives are made up of hours. Mm -hmm. So what we do with our hours is going to result in what our lives look like. Um, and so I'm always encouraging people to think about how we can spend more of those hours on things that are meaningful or enjoyable for ourselves and the people we care about, how we can spend fewer of those hours on, on things that don't fall into those categories. So it's really as simple as that. I, I, you know, there's a wide variety of ways people can live their lives and, you know, it doesn't have to all be about scheduling things down to the minute or, you know, other ridiculous time hacks that I keep seeing various places like, you know, save time by cleaning the shower while you're in it or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. You know, it, it's really about making sure that our lives look like we want them to look. So when you have researched your, you've done a few like studies bringing in groups of people to experiment with your theories on, on not time management. Let's get a, a new word, but um, are you seeing that a lot of people are spending more of their lives um, kind of fitting around with tasks that um, are not meaningful and, and then feeling frustrated because they don't have as much time to spend quality time with their kids or read. Is that kind of like the conundrum that you see a lot of people in? I think the biggest time conundrum is that it is incredibly easy to spend time mindlessly, to do whatever is right in front of us, whatever is kind of blinking loudest at any given moment we, we deal with. And we don't necessarily always stop and ask, well, how should I be allocating my hours? Like, what would I like for this next day, this next week to contain? Um, if I were to be making progress toward my goals, what would I be doing with this time? If I were to be putting in things that I was looking forward to, what would, what would those things be? Time keeps passing no matter what you do, right? Like, eventually it's going to be tomorrow. Whether you do anything or not, it's going to be the next week, whether you do anything or not. I mean, those those hours are going to be filled with something. And because of that, it's it's very hard to sort of direct them. And and that general mindlessness is, is, I think, the biggest time waster of all. People sometimes ask me, you know, like, well, what's the biggest time waster? I'm like, well, if it was one thing, we could all just avoid that thing, right? But it's, it's yeah. not. It's <clears throat> that we don't think about it. Um, and so I'm always encouraging people to take stock of their time. You know, look forward to upcoming days, weeks, months, figure out, you know, what good would look like, um, see what steps they can take to get there. So it's the intentionality, less about, oh, we're doing X, Y, Z wrong with our time. It's, are we putting focused attention on planning or wondering about what we want our time to look like? Exactly. Um, I, I hopped on your website and I saw that you have a, you know, kind of like a starter set us up for um, like a PDF that we can break down and plan our time. Can you tell me a little bit about what that looks like if someone wanted to start there? So I think the PDF you're talking about, um, one thing people come to my website all the time to get is my time tracker. Um, so I'm always telling people, if you want to spend your time better, 
the first thing you should do is to figure out where your time is going now. Because mm -hmm. if you don't know where your time is going now, how do you know if you're changing the right thing? I mean, right? Something you thought was a problem maybe isn't. Maybe something you never even considered is taking far more time than you might have imagined. You want to make sure you're working from good data. And the only way to get that data is to actually keep track of your time. Because, you know, as we just talked about, most people don't truly know where their time goes. So, you know, we have ideas, but we don't know down to the hour where, where time really goes. So I have a couple of various time trackers, you know, for a week. You can track your time for a week. I have a spreadsheet you can get where the, it's very simple. Days of the week across the top, Monday to Sunday, half hour blocks down the left-hand side, 5 a.m. to 4.30 a.m. You just start writing down what you're doing. And try to describe it for a week. And I know that especially if you're caring for young kids, a lot of time seems very nebulous, right? You're just kind of chasing them around, cleaning up various messes. Like, you know, you start to make a sandwich and then somebody needs a diaper change and you go do that. And while you're up there, you move the laundry and then you come back down and like, oh, there's the sandwich again. And, you know, it's like a lot of time is very amorphous, but do your best. I mean, there's usually some markers of time in the day that you can describe and, and figure out what you are doing with it. And and then after you've done this for, for a week or so, you can you can look over it and say, well, what do I like? You know, what's good? What what do I enjoy about my time? You know, or what do I think I'm really doing a really good job on? Then you can ask, what do I want to spend more time doing? And there's probably things we all want to spend more time on in our lives. And then what do I want to spend less time doing? And then you can go from there and figure out if there are things you can do to maybe trim the last category and redeploy time to, to the second. So you just described my life very <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> and there were a few places in the book where I was just looking around like, is she here? Is she reading my mind? Because I, I start to feel crazy. And it is that running to catch up, everything's out of control. Even if I do plan, in my mind I've planned, but that goes throw the baby out with the bathwater once, you know, a kid gets sick or yada, yada, yada. So that description of the sandwich laundry, someone getting hurt situation, if your work is caregiving primarily, and then you have, you know, I have this podcast and obviously I have other hobbies and aspirations, um, speak to that person. Cause I think that's a lot of our audience and where I feel overwhelmed is, say, my husband, who is in a very structured environment with a, with a corporate job, he read your book with me, and he would just say, oh, wow, this, just batch this, that's amazing. You know, he had, he's like loving it. And I'm like, I almost just want to punch you because it's so unrealistic <laughs> as a parent. <laughs> so, like, well, I need, I know I can do it. I just need your help. <laughs> well, I think I, I mean, I like to think that I write this book for everyone. And, and you know, from the, I, I know a lot of women get very frustrated with productivity books in general that seem to be written by somebody who's never been home with a sick kid, somebody who has never, mm -hmm. you know, been the one like calling a doctor's office to get an appointment, having them call back while you're, you know, doing somebody, something else and then having to answer it. You know, it's just, they've, <laughs> they've never dealt with this and they have no idea. And, and then they, you know, wonder why. I don't know. Anyway, um, but that said, I mean, there are still things we can do. Like even if you are, you know, spending your days primarily caring for children, um, it helps to have some sort of intention with the day. I mean, certainly what you want to do with the kids, right? Like, is it just going to be this amorphous block of time or is like, okay, no, the morning, you know, our first choice is we're going to 
I don't know, the kids museum this morning. That's, that's our big outing for the day. Come home for lunch and nap. During nap, this is my intention. I would like to do this one thing. And I also want to do these things to enjoy myself, right? You know, use my, my time that I might have during that. Maybe have some intention for the afternoon. You know, this is always the time where things get a little crazy and we, uh, you know, the day falls apart. But maybe it's that you're going to meet a friend at a playground at that point. And, you know, you do that from 3.30 to 5 and come home and dinner. And that's that's kind of the day. And, you know, maybe you have one intention mm-hmm. for after the kids are down in the evening or you maybe have intentions with them. Like, you know, we want to read these three stories tonight. These are ones we've specially chosen. But that helps make time feel more intentional as opposed to just this constantly reactive thing. And, and obviously plans have to change. You know, you plan to go to the Children's Museum and your kid wakes up sick. That's not what you're going to be doing. But, you know, or, or the the pipes burst and that you got to wait all f- for the plumber all morning. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Various things can mm-hmm. go wrong, but you can always have backup intentions. It's like, okay, well, you know, if we can't go to the museum, maybe we're going to do a really long, you know, bath this morning with these special toys that, you know, it's just, it's about mm-hmm. thinking through the time so that it is not completely mindless reactionary and feels like it is un chosen. And I think this is totally true with caregiving work as well. You kind of have to, if you're in a corporate world, like you don't get to usually just show up and be like, we'll see how the day goes. Right. (laughs) You know, like let's, let's see. Right. So, you know, you've, you've kind of probably thought through, you're like, I need to meet with these people or I have these things do these day today, or, you know, somebody else has set these meetings and, and you are planning to, to do them, but we can have some of that same mindset no matter what we're doing with our time. And so certainly the days when I am responsible for my kids, I do try to think that through. It's like, well, these are the things that we would find fun. Um, These are the things I'm going to do for me during the time that might prove to be available or not. But this is at least my first choice from when that time does appear. Oh, man, that was a beautiful way to put it. The intention, I think, as primary caregivers, a lot of the time, it does feel reactionary. You hit that nail on the head. And then when you are just reacting, you don't feel a lot of value or fulfillment in those things that you're, you have to do. But with the, in, with the switch of what is my intention for this part of my day, I think that's a really, it's a really cool way to find meaning without, without being so tied to a strict schedule. And if something falls off, which it probably will, then you just feel guilty or frustrated. I really, I really do like thinking about it that way. And I did want to clarify when I was talking about wanting to punch my husband in the face. (laughs) (laughs) No, your book, I felt very seen in your book. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine about some of the suggestions and I something I loved was that you recognize multiple times, uh, maybe the laundry won't get folded because I'm choosing to go uh, to a choir practice that I really will feel fulfilled in more than laundry. Or, you know, I, I might, my kid might have to carpool these three days and I might not be the one driving them. And I thought it was just such a, a real recognition of the feelings we feel as caregivers that can get us caught up in almost like a we're kind of martyring ourselves and then not feeling fulfilled. And I, I did really appreciate that about your book. So do you, how do we manage deciding 
uh, let me set this up with a metaphor. All the plates, everybody talks about all the plates. And it's tricky because sometimes it feels like we either need to put down plates, and that, and that might be true, but I feel like a lot of mothers I talk to say, I like all the plates. I'm choosing them all. So what advice do you have for that situation where it's like, I'm choosing all of these things in this like busy, wonderful, beautiful life, and yet I'm really overwhelmed? So I think, you know, I, I totally recognize that. I mean, I have a lot of plates in the air as well, um, spinning around. I guess we're not juggling. We spin plates. We don't juggle yeah, plates. Yeah, we spin usually. plates. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes it feels like we're juggling plates. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I have a metaphor in the in the book as well of like those incredible circus acts you see sometimes where people just keep raising the degree of difficulty. It's like, you know, you got one motor- motorbike going around a sphere and then they add another and now there's two motorbikes <laughs> going around the sphere and then you add another and then we turn off the lights. And you know, it's just, that, sometimes life really does feel that way that we've like raised mm-hmm. the degree of difficulty you know, again and again and again. But, you know, given that we don't want to put down these plates. Like we like having all these things in our lives. We are choosing a great many of these things and feel very blessed that we have them. We just need systems that make it feel doable. And that guy juggling all the plates in the circus act, that's his job. He does it really well. Like he doesn't just drop them randomly. He actually, you know, he knows what he does. And he, he, you know, even complicated as it is, he's probably, you know, smiling a little bit, just another day on the job, right? It's Friday. Mm -hmm. I'm juggling balls, spinning 20 plates, whatever it is I'm doing. Um, And I think that that's the kind of mindset we need to adopt as well. What systems can I put in place to make sure that I have a resilient schedule where I still feel like I am making progress on my goals? I still feel like I have things I am enjoying. Uh, Life feels good, even with all these moving parts. And there's a couple of practical things. One of the Tranquility by Tuesday rules, which by the way, this book is about nine time management rules or habits or whatever you want to call them that I think are pretty universally applicable and can help most people. I mean, one is to plan your weeks on Fridays. So take a little bit of time on Friday, look at the upcoming week, think about what you want to do with your time. I mean, it doesn't have to be an exact schedule, but you know, you look ahead and say, well, oh, it's going to be a nice morning on Thursday. Like that would be a day for us to do an outside thing. Or, you know, I see that, you know, some old friends are in town, like we're going to get together with their kids on Tuesday and do that, you know, it's, but it allows you to plan out the week holistically and think about what you want to get done. We want to build in a lot of backup slots. Like when our lives get too tightly scheduled, that is when everything goes wrong. That's when you're the crazy person, like, you know, racing out of one thing to get to another and then screaming because there's traffic. And who would have thought? Yes, there's traffic. There's always traffic. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's like you want to have enough space to accommodate things going wrong. And to do that, you know, you have to you build in sort of backup slots for things that you want to do. Um, particularly for people who are caregivers, I think it's incredibly important to take one night off. Um, so one night or the equivalent number of hours per week, that is not paid work. If you have it, um, it is not caring for family members. It is something that you are doing just for you. Uh, and, and for me, that's singing in a choir. You mentioned that earlier, but I I encourage Mm -hmm. people to figure out what it is, like what you could commit to, to doing one night a week that is just for you. Um, and that goes a long way toward making you feel like life is doable. Life is sustainable. Mm-hmm. You have something you are looking forward to as well. I love all those tips. Can you um, break down? I I specifically loved the reasoning behind planning on Friday. Can you give us a little bit of why Friday is the day that you suggest? So everybody needs a designated weekly planning time. And if you have one you love already, you know, I'm, I'm not here to <laughs> tell you to give it up. Um, systems that work should be kept. 
but I, if you don't have one, I would hardly encourage you to look at Fridays. And there's a couple reasons for this. I mean, one, uh, if pe- many people who are doing paid jobs, sort of by Friday afternoon, they're not able to focus anymore. They're kind of sliding into the weekend. So that tends to be the most commonly wasted time of the work week. And so if it, if it is going to be wasted, you may as well repurpose some of that time to think about the upcoming week, um, turn wasted time into productive minutes. It is during business hours. Friday afternoon is during business hours. So if you need to make appointments somewhere, um, if you are doing paid work and you need to set up meetings, that's a good time to do it. Like people are going to respond to your emails on Friday afternoon, but they might not on Sunday night if that's when you're planning, right? Um, You need to make a doctor's appointment. You need to you know, do anything. People are just more likely to respond during work hours than they are at any other point. Um, the other reason it allows us to hit Monday ready to go again, you know, if you are doing paid work and you have a Monday through Friday work week, hitting Monday morning, executing on stuff instead of wasting half your day deciding what to do means you just can use more of your week, right? If everyone's losing Friday afternoon anyway, like you you don't want to lose Monday too. So, you know, make sure you hit the ground running on Monday. But I think the biggest reason is it allows us to think through our weekends right? As well, like the upcoming weekend, if you haven't done that, it gives you a little pause to do that. And then you also don't necessarily have those Sunday scaries that many people get of like thinking like, oh, the week's going to be so busy. We've got all this stuff going on. I don't know what's happening. Um, and, and that anxiety can really weigh on you. And so if you wait until Sunday night or Monday morning to to plan the week, you know, you're going to have that that trepidation. Whereas if you know what's coming up in the next week on Friday, you can relax over the weekend and you don't have it hanging over your head. Yeah, I loved the, it really, especially the being able to plan the weekend that's about to happen. I feel like weekends so often hold parties that you need to get something out the store for or, yeah, buy tickets for something. And it it makes it a lot more intentional and meaningful if you have that little planning time. And then, yeah, it does make the week ahead feel so much less of a burden because, you've prepared for it. I just, it's such a simple switch, but I really, I loved the reasoning behind the Friday planning. You already Um, feel a little bit ahead of the game. You don't feel like you're catching up. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, And speaking of catching up, another thing I hear often from our listeners is overestimating, underestimating how much time something will take. Mm. In a Probably it's underestimating. <laughs> there are underestimating. very few people. Yeah. Very few people who overestimate. Um, yes. 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 Underestimating. And so, can you can you talk to why and maybe some strategies to help us with that? Absolutely. Yeah. It's it is <laughs> it is hard to know how long things take, and it on some things it's kind of weird. Like you drive to the grocery store or drive to your kid's school multiple times per week. Like you'd think, you'd no. Know. <laughs> and yet we, we can just be in our own little worlds and, and not really appreciate how much time it in fact takes to do these things. And, uh, you know, you see this it, it, just like, you know, people who go to church or other houses of worship, there are certain people who seem to believe that like, because they live eight minutes away from church, they leave at 9.52 for a 10 o'clock service. And then every single time you're walking in late because you have to park and you have to then get out of the car and walk up to the site. You know, it's like, it, it, you know, it also takes time to get in your car on the other end. So if you're walking out the door at 9.52, you're not actually going down your driveway to like 9.56. <laughs> and so that's true. 
Yeah. So, you know, it, it just, it, it's, it's one of these funny things. Um, people don't recognize how long things take in and of themselves and they don't recognize the um, tangential stuff that's associated with it, but it is in fact part of the event itself. There's a couple of things you can do. I mean, one tracking time will help you with this. Like if you see that every day it takes you 20 minutes to get somewhere, it's like pretty hard to keep telling yourself it takes 10. I mean, you could try, but like eventually the weight <laughs> of the evidence is is going to accumulate and, and hopefully convince you of, of the truth of just sort of reality. Like, you know, it's pretty hard mm-hmm. to fight reality, but you can also just add time. Like, you know, if you are a person who seems to chronically underestimate things, just add 10 or 15 minutes to everything. Like, even if you're like, this is ridiculous. I don't need to leave for church at 940 because it's only eight minutes away. <laughs> like, try it once. See what mm-hmm. happens. Um, and, and my guess is you will be walking in right as the, you know, prelude is ending. <laughs> and you're right on time, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's really what you have to do. Yeah, I... I experience this a lot as um, I'm, how do I describe this? I'm going about my day, driving my kids places, ending up at practices, whatever. And I can see, I can feel for myself and also see on other parents' faces, it's very frazzled. The, The whole environment of parenting feels so frazzled. And for me, the the like light at the end of the tunnel that I saw with this with your ideas is that you know that you had a quote in your book where I think it said four minutes four minutes acknowledged is beautiful that if you can like have even four minutes of watching your kid enjoy playing with their toy or looking at a sunset or those four minutes become then intentional and enjoyable and it that really hit home because as we all have these busy lives, sometimes we do only have those four or five minutes to relax into a moment. And that is the time that usually we aren't getting to enjoy because we are overscheduling, we're really distracted, or we're underestimating our time. And those little tips of building in those cushions. You also have a tip of having a backup slot, a backup time slot to be able to do something that you want to do. Any of those things give you those little, just like, they really are delicious little cushions of time that, so maybe you get to soccer practice 10 minutes early and you get to talk to your son about something that you can tell has been bugging him at school. I mean, those moments of connection, we really focus on on our podcast because these big elaborate like long swaths of time spent with our people are very few and far between it's in these little cushions in our schedule that we can find connection and it sounds just all great and grand and if we don't have a plan it's never going to happen so i i really do appreciate that your book in a very simple way outlines a way that we can have a plan to enjoy those little moments with our kids and with our spouses. Yeah. Yeah. When these time, the time is noticed, it doesn't just slip away. And when you notice it and think about what you'd like to do with it, you can build in far more meaningful moments into your life. Yes. I love that. All right. Well, I feel like that's a beautiful place to come 
full circle. Uh, anything else you want to leave with our audience? Uh, no, I mean, I, I encourage people to try time tracking, you know, especially if you're like, where does the time really go? We'll find out. <laughs> like, and then, yeah. you know, think about planning in memories. I, I think especially, uh, you know, when we are caring for young kids, it, the time can kind of go by in a bit of a blur. Um, and, and partly that's because many days are very much the same. But if you can think about what you would like to do that you would like to remember later, like what can you put into your life that will become mm -hmm. a memory? I think that that will really help in the planning and, and give you a lot more interesting things to look forward to. Ooh, yes. Okay. We, we sometimes do a try this or not because we give people an option. They don't have to do it, but I'm going to have that be our try this or not. As you look at your head at your schedule, hopefully you're doing this on Friday because I encourage you to, <laughs> is there somewhere you can build in an experience that will become a memory? That's a really, really beautiful way to think about it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, well, thank you, Laura, and thanks for helping us find the magic. Thanks so much for having me. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs>